1: How you doing, everybody? My name is Steve Witchell. I am the host of the Cover Band Central, first ever Cover Band Central audio podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. And I am also the one that created this whole page uh, almost three years ago. June 3rd of 2014 is when I started this page. And it's about time we started talking about stuff in a podcast A little bit about me, I'm a bass player, I've been a bass player for 34 years, I also play uh, guitar and keyboards and sing a little bit, and I currently play five nights a week in two different cover bands in two different clubs in New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, I am not going to be doing this podcast alone, with me, my co-host, Mr. Tony Beiner. Thank you. Thank you
2: very much. Evening, everybody. Pleasure to be here.
1: Yes, Tony. It's good to have you. Tony is a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, We played in a band, in a cover band, uh, a long time ago. How how many years ago was that now? Probably um, 15. 15 years. Yeah, it was early 2000s. Yeah. We played in a band called Outskirts, um, and we played in North Jersey and... New York Tri-state
2: area, Connecticut.
1: Yeah, the tri-state area. We played all over the place. And we quickly became good friends and uh, have stayed friends over the years. And uh, played in a couple other projects, I believe, which we can talk about at some other date. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's one that sticks out, but I can't remember if we played in any other gigs. Maybe you, like, subbed for one of my bands, or maybe I, I subbed with you or something somewhere along. I think we'll remember as we go.
2: Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no, we were playing, uh, and you were you a were substitute bass player because the bass player was getting married, and he was actually going on his honeymoon.
1: The and, first time uh, I played
2: with the, do G, the gig yes. in, And then you had filled in, and then we instantly hit it off and it sounded great. And I was like, we gotta, we should tell the other guy not to come back and keep Steve.
1: And I think I think we played the night after that two two right yeah, we
2: played two nights in a row yeah played
1: two nights in a row and i had just i didn't know any of you guys and i just came in and subbed and uh and i i probably knew most of the songs you guys were already doing and i don't remember if i actually learned any songs for that gig because sometimes i do that but um i don't recall i you know i couldn't even tell you what we played Tell you the truth well
2: you know it's the professionalism of being in the cover band you know and treating it like a job which is something we always talk about you know right. and that was evident uh that night when we played you know you were prepared yeah it was great you had a great feel and it was everything clicked but you know it, you treated it like it was a job and it ended up turning into a, a great friendship and you know we played together for many years it was great
1: yeah and being that i'm a bass player and you're a drummer um to me for me Having a great drummer is just imperative, and especially somebody that I, I like and get along with, but it's, and and also you know somebody who's very good at their job, and, and you know you hit all of those marks there uh, that first night, so it made it easy. Oh, for me. thank you, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Uh, I don't. You see, I I need to have my sound effects loaded. There we go. Okay, that's better. <laughs> all right, so for you folks who are listening. I appreciate you listening, and we're going to do this once a week, uh, Cover Band Central podcast, uh, most likely on one, on uh, Monday nights, and then um, posted on Tuesdays. Today is, uh, it's Tuesday night right now, so this will be posted on Wednesday, and uh, I want to make this really uh, a thing that's talking about stuff in the music business, stuff that we deal with, real-life stuff, real-world stuff that we deal with as working musicians, and, and specifically in cover bands. Um, but also keep it fun and light uh, because it is fun playing music, is it not?
2: Oh, it's virtual reality. You know, it's the only time you can be doing something where you're not thinking about anything else. You're in the moment, you're present. Uh, you know, For the, for those of us that, that are blessed enough to be able to do it, uh, it's nothing like it.
1: Right. I agree. So we're going to be serious and, and talk about serious topics, but we're also going to be goofy and funny and stupid. Um, and, uh, if you like that kind of thing, then make sure you tune into this show every week.
2: (laughs) cover band central. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, so just to get, uh, give everybody a little bit more background, let's, uh, let's talk about you. Uh, What's the first cover band that you remember ever playing in?
2: First cover band I ever played in. I can remember doing talent shows in grammar school. We had a cover band called The Warriors, and uh, we played Limelight of all songs. Wow! Um, but the first, but the very very first band I was ever in, it wasn't really a cover band. It was uh, a cat I knew from uh, next town over in Paramus, and um, he. We learned a bunch of the the very very first cover song I ever played was Eddie by Sticks, and then we played Red Barchetta. And uh, dance the night away by by Van Halen, and those were, like the three staples, and then we shattered those, and then we like I said we played a we played a talent show, and then ever since then it was you know mo- many bands have been uh, probably. You know, over the years, the amount of gigs we, you know, had the opportunity to play with the amount of people I met and just the stories and just the the, the good people that I met, you know, on both sides of the fence, both musicians, club owners, roadies, uh, you know, people in the business, not in the business, fans, bartenders, uh, just developed great friendships over the years. But, um, yeah, just just like I said, it was a very young age. You know, my dad was a drummer. He was in bands. He was in uh, he was in like six or seven bands at one time. He was in a couple of big bands. He was in a jazz band. He was in a concert band. He was in a marching band. Uh, you know, he'd wake me up in the morning sometimes on a Saturday and I would march and parade with them because they were shorthanded. Uh, you know, helped my sight reading and I got to go on gigs with them when I was a kid and sit in and so at a young age, you know, not even ten years old, I had already played a bunch of gigs. I was playing, like I said, concert bands and, and weddings and, and different venues, so it it was being exposed to music at an early age, you know, it's so important, and you, you see it develop, you know, and then years later, as I became a teacher, uh, you know, you get to share that wisdom and, and get to nurture, you know, younger students that are have that success and that ambition in their eyes, and they're, you know, they're talented, and the guys got, you know, people got great work ethic, and students apply themselves, and it's a great thing, you know, like you see this whole thing come full circle, you know, and now my kids are playing uh, right. music, and it's it's great.
1: That's awesome, dude. that's that's a big thing that I want to emphasize with cover band Central is really music education and teaching kids early to adopt some sort of instrument, whatever it is uh that that they desire to play. um I think it really helps just in a lot of areas in life to learn how to, how to play music early so but you so you understood right you know right off the bat how to learn songs and how to interpret them and then produce them, reproduce them in in a live situation.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's critical. Like you said, if you're playing covers, you know, people want to hear the part. So, you know, even if you have a great lick or, you know, so, some kind of flashy thing you can do and, you know, it may not be called for. And, you know, when you're young, you tend to overplay and, you know, you don't play for the song. You don't really understand what that means, you know, and, and until, you know, someone makes you conscious of tempo or you play... You know, for any example, like you know, you can coach and, and teach guys that you play in a band with, especially if you have the opportunity to play in a couple different situations with different musicians. You know, there's always something to be learned. Guy could say, hey, you're pushing a little bit, pull back and sit more back in the pocket, or you're playing too busy, or you're not playing enough, or you need to push in the spot. You know, sometimes when you're right. subbing, uh, you know, you need a sense of, of looking to somebody for right. some guidance just to help you with uh, things that the band is used to doing, you know, endings and things of that nature but again, uh, like yeah. you said, it's it's, it's all about uh, you know, being prepared Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I deal with things like that all the time, playing five nights a week so let's jump into our topic of conversation. So for this first show, and I, I want to give you a little background on this um, thing that we're going to discuss. We're going to be talking about an article that I wrote um, and I, I looked up And I didn't remember exactly when I wrote it, and I looked it up, and it was in May of 2013 that I wrote this article. And this is what really kind of started me on this whole path of doing Cover Band Central and building this community. Um, And the background of this is I was playing, you know, I was playing frequently in New Orleans. I was playing like five nights a week or or whatever it was at the time. It might have been four, it might have been six. And then um, some things changed with management, and I lost a gig through no fault of my own, and I ended up um, moving back to Mobile, or not back to, but moving to Mobile, Alabama, where my mother lived, and uh, she needed, at the time, she was had some health issues, and she really needed somebody there anyway, so it kind of worked out, and I would still commute back and forth to New Orleans to, 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 to sub and stuff like that, but I was residing in Mobile for about a year, and being there and not being able to play, I was like, I need another creative outlet. And I always enjoyed writing. So I, this, and this thing had been kind of, kind of poking at me for, for a while. Like just, it it kept coming up in my head. I need to write this down. These, these things that occurred to me, because I would be on stage playing songs that I play all the time and really not having to think about those songs that I'm playing. So my mind would wander. And I remember a specific gig really, where I was playing and um, and I started thinking about how did I get here? What are the things that I've done in my career to have gotten me to a point where I'm able to play full-time and make good money in one of the greatest music cities in the world? So I started writing it down. I started just taking some notes and saying, like, what are the things? And then I ended up writing this article called 14 Tips on How to Be a Successful Musician in a Working Band. And if somebody just reads that headline, they're going to think that it's kind of the stereotypical things that you would that you would uh, advise somebody. And some of them are. And then some of them are just sort of day-to-day, normal, real-world things that really have had an effect on my success. So our mission for this first show is to talk about these 14 points. And I wish there were less than 14 points because... <laughs> <laughs> it might It might take a long time, but these will but I'll all... tell
2: you what Steve, you know a lot of those points too, are applicable to life in general. If you yes. have a successful life,, yes. you can apply these things, you know.
1: Yes, I agree. Um, so I thought it would be good to kind of riff back and forth on these points and maybe share some stories on things um, that are re- are related to these things, and then uh and they'll be beneficial for any listener here. Uh, things that you should really take into consideration if you're working in a band, even if you're just a weekend warrior. These are things that will help you get more work. It will help you get more respect from the people that you're working with. And it will really, really enhance your whole experience. So we're going to go through these one by one, and we're going to start with number one. And I do you have it in front of you? Or, sh- or I, I do, but I don't know if you do. Of course I do. Oh, you do. Okay.
2: Because I'm professional and I'm prepared.
1: Yeah, You are, Tony. You're very good at this stuff. Um, so, number one, and these are not necessarily in order of uh, importance, but it's just the order I put them in. <laughs> and the number one uh, point that, that helps your success working in a band is treat it like a job. Um, anytime you're playing in a public venue, and you're getting paid for it, it's a job. Uh, You have an obligation to be there, to do what you're supposed to be doing, and to follow the rules and guidelines of the venue. Um, Some people don't treat it like a job and just treat it like a party or fun or just goofing off and don't take it seriously. But the fact is that playing in a band in public it's a business. you're working with a business, for a business, and you need to treat it like a business. Uh, Certainly,
2: you're getting paid for a service and for you know your time, and someone's paying you that money, you know, you can right. go out and get a paper out and get paid and make money too, you know, but you've got to deliver, so it's no different, you know when to your point, you've got to treat it like a job. I mean, it's a fun job, you know
1: It's a, it's a, it's a
2: privilege to be able to do it, and you, get, you know it has to be handled accordingly.
1: Dude, I had a paper out when I was a kid, and I was I was the worst paper boy. I was I was terrible because I can't. I am not a morning person. I am I am a night person, and delivering papers, <laughs> you have to deliver it early in the morning. You know, I would get like they would drop off the the uh, the bundle of newspapers in my driveway or on my doorstep, whatever, at at like five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, and like there's no way I'm awake at that time. So, I, would...
2: you know, it's you know, funny is because, like you said, with the paper, we used to do paper routes and much like a band, we had four or five, six guys that had paper routes as kids. So we would all team up together, you know, all help the first kid do his route. They all work and do the second route, blow out the paper out in like an hour, you know, That's... and you had the rest of the day in the summertime, especially to do whatever you wanted to.
1: That deserves a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. Teamwork like that, because I didn't have that. I was just I was all by my by myself. Yeah, I, I was poor
2: little Stevie. Uh,
1: but my the the radius that I had to deliver was very small. It was like really around the block. I just had to get on my bicycle. I had my my bag that I would my my put my newspapers in and ride my bicycle and just toss the papers onto the porch or whatever. But I wouldn't be up in the morning, so I had to get up and go to school too. And
2: Yeah, we did paper out after school, bro. We weren't getting up early either.
1: Yeah, I what I ended up doing was delivering the paper after school and who wants their newspaper at, at three o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon. Now this is before internet, you couldn't get news, you know, like you can now, but people still wanted their their paper early. Uh, and then even on a Sunday where I wasn't going to school, and Sunday papers were the worst, man, because you had to put all the pieces together. You got them in all different sections, the comic section and all these. Oh, yeah. You had to put them together, and they were heavier, much heavier. And, again, I just didn't like to get up early, so Sunday papers were delivered at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And people would get mad at me. <laughs> they would they would actually yell at me. I'm a little kid, and they're they're just like, you freaking suck. <laughs>
2: Right, so no different, right? Like, you didn't you didn't live up to your end of the deal. You didn't deliver the paper on time, right? You didn't, you're getting paid for a service, and you didn't, you know, you didn't deliver a quality product. No right. different than playing in a band in a bar, right? You want to be asked back, you know, even if you don't bring a ton of people, if you're tight and you're good and you're good people, uh, you know, they'll have you back and give you another shot.
1: Yeah, you know, you treat it with, and treat people with respect and, and, um, and uh, be appreciative of, the fact that you are getting paid to play music. You know? Absolutely. That's a pretty wonderful thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a lot more to say about that. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. So, Yeah, well, like,
2: you know, rolling right into, you know, the second thing is to be on time, right? You yeah. treat it like a job. If you start work at 8 o'clock in the morning and you, or 9, you got a 9 to 5 job, you know, and you're, you're rolling in late, you know, people are going to take notice. Yeah. You want to move up, you get there early and you're prepared for the day and you know, it's no different.
1: Yeah. Be on time is number two. And and um
2: And I, and you know, man, I gotta tell you, like being a drummer and especially back in, in in the early cover band days, we would travel with mega equipment, you know, double bass kit, eight toms, twenty cymbals, cage system. Guys, to help you set it up. I mean, people look at us like we're insane. You know, going on a a twenty minute warm up spot, and we're like playing the garden. You know, with like fifteen people helping us. But um, you know, being a drummer even today, always the first to arrive, last to leave. You know, see, it's very aggravating when other people in the band roll up. You know, late or they or they miss the sound check. You know, and there's no excuse for it. You know, you'd be on time. It's respect for your bandmates. It's respect for the venue. It's respect for the people that are hiring you.
1: Right. You know? and, yeah, and not only yeah, like you said, the bandmates, the venue, the, and the people, and something that I noticed too when I prior to writing this article was because I work in New Orleans, and there's there's big staffs in in some of these venues where there's you know the bartenders and shot girls and stuff, and they work long long hours, and they take their breaks and they schedule their breaks based on the time of you know, the band playing, so it, it's imperative that you as one Singular band member, be there on time. get your Get ready to do your job. Be ready to do your job before you're supposed to be ready, um, because you're going to affect the whole flow of the club. The club's night, the the staff of the club, and everything you're gonna you're gonna affect all these different people. And that's not the case at every gig, but it's certainly the case at a lot of gigs because the venue has to operate its own business, and it's dependent on you to to be on time
2: yeah absolutely you know and if you take it to a different level if you're playing in a wedding band we'll say it's all time you know it's all time the whole evening from when you start from cocktail hour to you know set up by time sound check time uh you know timing of 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 the all the events of the evening it's all you know it's all run very efficiently you know
1: right so that's again pretty self-explanatory so let's move on to number three which is a good one. Learn and remember people's names.
2: Ah, uh, yes.
1: Ah, uh, yes. If if you're working in a band and you play any club on a regular basis, it's really, really helpful to know the people that work there. Because those people that work there work there all the time. You don't. You know, you're coming in as a guest, really, to work in their club. So if you come in and you're friendly to people and, and you're... Uh, and you learn their names, they're going to they're gonna appreciate that. Anybody appreciates somebody, a stranger, especially knowing their name. It's, anybody does in, in any walk of life. You, if somebody acknowledges you and calls you by name, they're going to they're gonna like that and they're going to remember you. And in my case where I work, I have a residency gig, you would call it, because it's the same club every week. I see the same people you know, a couple nights a week. So knowing who they are, what their name is, I, I go further than that. You know, I, I have conversations with these people, learn more about them. Um, but they're, they're going to treat you so much better when you acknowledge them as, as a person and not just, hey, bartender. You know? Hey,
2: Chip. Hey, guy.
1: <laughs> hey, guy.
2: <laughs> you know, and think about how many people you're going to meet in the course of an evening, right? You know, you're playing a gig. And on top of all the people that work there that are also working, you know, you're going to meet fans, you're going to meet people, you're going to meet acquaintances, you're going to meet Joe's friend, Pete, who loves the band, and he's a guitar player too. And, you know, it's important, like you said, remembering people's names because you may, you know, you run into that person somewhere else. And if you're like, hey, I kind of remember you, you were so-and-so, but if you woke up and said, hey, Pete, how's it going, man, Steve, remember I met you the other night? And he's like, whoa, hey, how's it going? Right.
1: Now, see, I wrote in this article, and I'm going to share this article along with the, the podcast. I'm going to put a link so people can follow along. And I wrote what my little trick is. But do you have any sort of tricks to remember anybody's name?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like if someone says to me, hey, my name is Bill. I think money. I think dollar bill, you know. And then every time I see that person, it would be easy to remember his name because it's associated with something, you know. Right. And, and uh, like you said, it's helpful to repeat the person's name. Even when you tell them your name, you say, "Hey, I'm Tony. Tony Biner. Nice to meet you." Right.
1: Right. Um, and, yeah. Or I you can be...
2: associate with someone else you know. Like you know, you may walk in, you may meet somebody, and uh, you know, you can associate their name with someone that you know that, that 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 you know has that same name. Hey, my name is Billy. Oh, I got a cousin, Billy. You know, and think in the back of your mind, that's right. how I remember that name too. You know.
1: Right. It's funny, there there were three, and I was just thinking about this last night, and I didn't even consider to include it with this conversation, but it's very appropriate. Um, there were three girls that I met over the last week that were new new people to me, um, and they were all working at, at The Swamp, which is a place I work on Bourbon Street, which you have been to. Um, oh, yeah. And actually
2: played there with you.
1: Yes, you got up on stage uh, a few months ago and played Jan with us, which was awesome. Um, but there were three different people that I met, and... Each one, I I had a little trick to remember them. The first girl, her name was, uh, Coral. And when she said Coral, I said, oh, like the reef. And she said, she smiled and chuckled a little and said, yeah. So immediately I associated Coral Reef. I see her. It's Coral Reef. Coral. That's her name. Um, so that was easy. Then the next girl I met was, um, Layla. So Layla liked the song, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, easy enough Clapton song, um, so anytime i see her i just think of that song and then the 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 next girl was uh, another song she said mandy and i said like the song and she said yeah so i I always make sure i get it right too because sometimes it's it's garbled in in a loud club somebody says their name you're like what what so i I always make sure I, i get it right first and then associate it with something immediately so anytime i see any of those three girls now going forward I'm going to remember those names.
2: Oh, yeah. Excellent. My buddy played in the band with and the guy's name was Sharif and everyone was calling him Casbah, you know, rock the Casbah.
1: <laughs> Sharif don't, don't like
2: it. Hey, like go it.
1: Good times. Yeah. So that's a, that's those are good little tricks to do. But it, it really is very helpful to to acknowledge people and, and learn their name and and, uh, and not just be dismissive of them, and especially don't act like you're better than them because you're in a band. Because, again, these are people that work at these venues all the time. They know the place. They see bands come and go. They, you know, it's, it's their home. You're the guest in their home. So you but can't, and it
2: also, like you said, puts it on a personal level. Right. right? They're going to remember you more than maybe somebody else.
1: Right. You don't want and the to next
2: time to... that you see them or they see you, they'll remember your name, too. And then you start to get a camaraderie and a friendship going, you know. And even if you don't play there that often, you might, you know, I've played places that you're there once every three months. And, uh, you know, you strike up the conversations, you make friends with the people that are there, uh, you do your job, you're professional. And, and, you know, next time you come back, they, they remember your name. So it works both ways.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I, I love that when I walk in and I when I walk up to the bar and somebody says, hey, Steve, how you doing tonight? Do you want your usual, you know, I I mean, it just, um, yeah, and please don't
2: trip over Fred as he rolls out the red carpet for you. Just back up a step for a second. Thanks. (laughs)
1: Um, all right. So, uh, I think we got that point covered. Uh, number four, and this kind of goes along the same lines, be polite to everybody, everybody, everybody you encounter, you don't know who they are really. You don't know how they're going to really affect your night or your life going forward. And you can actually make end up being making a lot of friends just by being nice to people, even if you're in a shitty mood. Be nice to people, um, and, and acknowledge uh, again acknowledge them. But just it should be a priority to just be polite to everybody all the time. I mean, like you said, these are good lessons for life too. But if you're in a band, I, and what I wrote on the thing was bartender shock, girl. RVAC, security manager et cetera, all to talk to each other. You know, if, they, if somebody in the band is, is being rude, they're all going to know about it. Everybody that works in the barn is to know about it. And I've heard, I've seen it happen, and I've heard it from, you know, upper management from people, you know, um, so-and-so's a really good player, but he's, he's a dick. Um,
2: yeah, and you just never know who you're talking to when it happens. You know, we I remember playing a gig one time, we... You know, we had the van packed with gear, and we're pulling up, and there's a spot right in front of the club. Like, oh, this is going to be beautiful. Going to roll right in, front door parking. And, and all of a sudden, this guy, like, comes around the side of us with the car, cuts us off, pulls in, zips in front, and gets into space. So he pull up with the window. The guy's out of his car now, you know, and said to him, hey, you know, we're at the van. We want to park there, and the guy's got an attitude, you know, hey, it's not my problem, too bad, whatever, you know. could have very easily got, you know. Had words with the guy, but you know what? It's not worth it. We want to be on time? We want to make sure we're into the venue without any trouble? You know, we got to. You know, you don't want to start a fight outside the club that you're about to play in either. That doesn't ever work out good, you know. <laughs> that
1: but then you, you know
2: you end up parking, and, and then by the time we load into the gig, turns out that the guy is the bouncer for the club. You know, right? And now you've you know you've you haven't had an altercation with the guy, right? He's in the wrong, but he's a bouncer and he's, you know, he's got an attitude about it. But after one or two gigs and the guy sees you, you know, you become friends with him, you know, right. becomes an acquaintance. But you could have derailed that friendship very easily, you know, but you're right. Be polite to everybody because you never know, you know, what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And and you have the advantage sometimes at clubs and bars where uh, anybody that's working on the staff wears a uniform or a shirt that has the logo of the, the venue or whatever but sometimes you're playing gigs where you don't know and people aren't dressed for the like like you mentioned weddings if you're playing a wedding sometimes the, there's a wedding coordinator that you don't know they're the wedding co- coordinator and they walk up to you and they ask you to do something or or whatever um you just want to by default be polite to everybody because you don't you don't necessarily know who they are but it's just a good way to be in life and and it's especially hard for people when some people are rude to them you know it's because i played some weddings where the wedding coordinator was rude and was impatient and um but you still you don't want to be snappy with they're paying you so you you know it's in your best interest to still be polite to them and if you want to bitch about them or complain about it do it you know with your bandmates or your friends or whatever later but to their face be nice
2: well, you want to hold yourself to a higher standard too. You know, you don't want to stoop to their level. You know, true. We've all been in situations where someone's very obnoxious or being very arrogant, and it's you know, be very easy, you know, a soft toss to just knock it out of the park and just go at them. But you take the high road, and you know, it, and if nothing else, you know, you're not going to change that person's attitude. At least you're still, you know, on your path, and you're not being affected, and not stealing your joy. And if it's before a gig, you're not going on stage all cranked up. You know what I mean. You're in the wrong headspace. It's like, hey man, whatever. You know, and you still be nice to them, and you still be polite to them. And like I said, you just never know where your your hook is going to be cast, so to speak, in the water. You know, you could be you could run into, like I said, anybody at any time that could make a a big difference in your life just because you were polite and uh, not rude to them. Right. And some might be having a bad day too. You know, you don't, you never know. Someone, sure. you know, could be having a bad day and, you know, like a garbage truck driving around just packed to the lid and then they're, they're about to burst and they, you get dumped, you know, they dump all the garbage on you.
1: Yes. You feel the wrath of their mood.
2: Yeah. It's like, cool, man. Let it out.
1: I love using this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, be polite. Be nice. Yeah, be nice. So, let's move on. Uh, and this one... I've gotten some various um, opinions on when I've posted this article. But number five is tip your bartenders. Um, I tend to over-tip. And for me, the benefit of that is that um, they remember me, and they'll remember what I like to drink. And most importantly is when the bar is busy, they will notice me there, and I will get bumped to the front of the line. Um,
2: You know, Steve, it never works for me. I always I always give them tips like don't play in traffic you know you should probably <laughs> dress a little more appropriately it, it never seems to work out for me that's good
1: we back there I didn't hear it I did oh there you go so real live drums yeah uh, yeah some people are like you know it it goes to the uh, Reservoir Dogs thing. You ever see Reservoir Dogs where uh, Stephen talks about that? I don't like to tip. I don't tip. Um, Right. You know, and some people have that attitude. Um, And, okay, don't then. But if you don't, then you're not going to be treated the same as the people who do tip well. And maybe you're somebody that doesn't drink. And maybe you're somebody that rarely ever goes to the bar, if ever. Maybe you just go and get a water and you don't really care. Um, So you don't have a a circumstance where you're going to tip because you're not paying for anything. Um, You know, it goes back to still want to be polite. But um, I I think if you're if you're somebody who drinks and and you're somebody who's going to be going up to the bar more than once in a night, tip them. You got to tip them because they're going to they're going to take care of you and you'll end up getting free drinks. Sometimes I, I get I get free drinks a lot. In New Orleans, um, uh, somebody will, uh, there's a 3 for one thing in New Orleans at um, at the Swamp before 9 o'clock, and sometimes people will leave the uh, one or two of them behind the bar, and then the bartender will say to me, hey, somebody left this behind, you want it? And just give it to me for free. Um, and it's because I, I've developed a good relationship with these people um, just by treating them well and, and knowing names, being nice to them, and tipping them.
2: Yeah, and it's appreciate, it shows your appreciation, too, because they're not making any money off of that $5 beer, or that $8 beer, you know? But you tip them, that, that's their money.
1: They don't make a lot of money. And they work harder than we do. And um, some people might disagree with that um, because there's a lot more put into playing in a band than just being at the gig and playing. You have to learn songs, you have to rehearse, uh, buy gear and all that stuff, and bartenders just need to show up and tend bar. bar. Um, but uh, at the gig it's not really hard for musicians you know we're doing our thing that we love whereas bartenders work 12-hour shifts sometimes and they're just you know on their feet all day and running back and forth and dealing with drunks so and yeah and
2: keep you know keep in mind that the owner's not there he's going to ask them hey how was the band last night you know how'd they do and you know the register looked good and you know they could they could they can sway it either way, you know, all place is packed the the guys did great, band sounded you know sound was great last night, band was on, you know what I say? yeah, for a lot of people, but the band was okay, you know
1: right, so um that leads us well into number six, and I'm trying to move this along swiftly because we're over a half hour here already, dude.
2: Yeah, we gotta get moving,
1: so drink responsibly, drink responsibly, um I am a person that likes to drink at gigs, and I don't know how you feel about it. I don't really remember. I, I
2: can't like you know to play at the level I want to play at uh, I can have a beer or you know a shot or two but that's it like I you know I can't drink more than that because then I I can't play at the level I want to play at Right So I'll usually drink water you know
1: Right I am always drinking water I always have a bottle of water up there but I do like to drink beer and occasionally shots Um and um it's New Orleans is a is a big party town everybody's out there drinking and when you're part of that party and people see you as an active, you know, participant in that, I think it helps it actually helps alcohol sales because um, you know, they, they wanna be just as much a part of the party, but that's kind of a lame that sounds like an alcoholic talking.
2: I like to say, listen, there's nothing more aggravating also than playing in a band with somebody that is getting hammered. And he's getting sloppy. Yes. And thinks that, man, I'm in the pocket though. It sounds so good. No, bro, it really doesn't, you know?
1: Yes. I, I And you th- can
2: tell the difference, you know, and, and uh
1: Yeah. There there have been one or two times here in New Orleans where I've gone overboard. Um and I didn't feel like it really compromised my ability to play my instrument, but other people have thought otherwise. So um <laughs> <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you think, it's just like you think you're a great dancer when you're drunk, but you're, you're. Um, but so I know how to, I know myself, I know my level of tolerance, and I, I, you know, 95% of the time eat a nice, healthy meal before I go out to play, and so, you know, I got a full stomach, and, you know, I drink them in moderation, I, I, I pace it, um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not getting hammered. Um, and the
2: thing you got to remember too, Steve, you know, not to cut you off is that over the course of the night, people may buy the band rounds, they may buy the band shots. they yes. may buy the band drinks. You know what I mean? So you may already, you know, have a drink on stage, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, someone else is coming up to you hand you a beer, and all of a sudden, someone's hand you a shot, you know, and all of a sudden, you may have, you know, two or three things in front of you, and the yeah. person that bought you the shot has one in their hand too, and they want to do it with you, you know, or yeah. they bought the whole band shots, and they, they want you to do, do them all together, you know.
1: That happens often here, dude. I mean at least yeah. at least once a week, sometimes several times in a night. In it in fact it happened this past Friday night at Crazy Corner, which is another place I play on Bourbon Street on the weekends. Um there weren't a lot of people in the crowd, but there was this one guy who kept buying the band rounds of shots and he did it like three times. Um and I uh I drank Like, I drank the first two, and the second one, I just let it sit there, and I figured, okay, I'm going to save this for later. Because I definitely know if I start pounding shots early in the night, and we play a long night at Crazy Corner, we play, you know, five or six sets. Um, I know if I do that early, I'm just going to really compromise my performance. So, um, yeah, so drink responsibly, for sure. Yeah, you definitely want to uh, drink responsibly. Because, you know, you're just going to be sloppy. You're going to end up being. A lot of people end up being rude, and um, and you get into fights or arguments with other band members or, or people in the crowd, and it's just...
2: Yeah, it's really just, know your limits, right? Because one, one person can drink ten beers and be okay. One person can drink five and be, you know, not not doing well.
1: Right. Um, so let's move on to number seven. Realize you're on stage and people are watching your every move. Um, this is something that, that I really... Think about a lot when I'm playing, because um, the the crowds that at these clubs are usually it's usually a, a big crowd, and you, you see people looking and you can see what they're looking at and watching, and um, you know anything that you're doing on stage is going to be in the spotlight to somebody um, and the the reason I came up with this this point. The thing that stuck out with me when I wrote this article was, I was playing in a band, and there was this guy who was a keyboard player, and he he was set up in the front of the stage, stage left, and I was behind him, and he had his keyboard set up at at an, at a slant so that the the keys were facing sort of up towards him at like a a, a forty or, or like a thirty degree angle. Um, and I've seen a couple other keywords players play like that. I think it's like 37 and a half degree angle. It's, yeah, I yeah. think that's that's much more accurate. Yes. Um, <laughs> and um, there was a song, and it might have been more than one song, but there was a, I remember this one time in particular. There was a song that started. We were playing the song, and he didn't have a part in the beginning of the song, or maybe in the whole song and he's in the front of the stage and he just picks up his phone and he's looking at his phone and he's texting on his phone and he's right in front of the stage and there's a packed club in front of us and I got pissed off about that I'm like and I hit him on the shoulder I said dude you are on stage
2: yeah go start faking it like Jon hammer, dude
1: well no you don't even have to do that but just realize that you're you're on stage you're you're supposed to be performing for people whether you're playing your instrument whether you're dancing whether you're you're just like clapping along whatever but you shouldn't be on your damn phone texting because people are going to look at that and be like well th- this guy's not interested in it why should i be interested in in what they're doing that's that's how i came up with that this point anyway
2: and even when you're not playing like i can remember being in the band and we would take a break and the guy would sit in like lotus position off to the side of the stage and read a book and then when the break was over he would you know get up and then be ready to play, but wouldn't mingle, wouldn't have conversation with anybody. He didn't last very long, you know, in the band, but uh, right. he was a pretty good player too, but he just hadn't, you know, the personality just didn't fit and it would come through, you know, cause you said people are watching your, your every move. And, you know, if if you're looking like you're not into it or you're bummed out or you're thinking about something else or you don't want to be there, believe me that, that, that transmits out to the audience, you know, a thousand times. Yeah. you know yeah it radiates you're you know if you're enthusiastic and you're into it and you're you know you're pumped up and you're excited to be there and it's going to come through in the performance you know your personality and your mood definitely you know is is quite you know evidenced by everyone that's watching you
1: yeah it, it creates a vibe you know on stage and in the room you can and you can really kind of dictate the vibe by what you're doing on stage i think i think so yeah. We
2: all think right yes Um, but they are watching you so like you said you're picking your nose or you got something going on you (laughs) got to make sure you can kind of do it you know secretly no one's looking
1: no scratching your ass on stage if you have to scratch your ass do it on break because somebody might take a picture or a video of you scratching your ass and then all of a sudden it's on it's on instagram and facebook and
2: hey you know what's very telling too is you know videotape your band See what you guys look like, you know. See what see what the audience is seeing. Because someone come up to you saying, you know, we've all been there. You play like a, you know, not your best show or not the best version of the song or something happened or string got broke or, you know. And people are like, oh man, you guys are great. That was fantastic. And you're thinking like it was, you know, it wasn't definitely wasn't the best we could play, but you know, other people telling you that it's great. You may watch it back on video and be like, my God, what we know? what, What were we thinking?
1: Yeah, that's another point I made in another article, not in this one. But uh, but yeah, absolutely. That's that's a really, really good thing to do. That's something I learned early, man. Uh, um, just not only, I mean, videotaping and, and taping audio, too, just listening back to it, because you really do get a, a, a dose of reality there when you watch it back or listen back. Because, yeah, you, you're in the moment, you think, oh, this is awesome, and then you listen back and you're like, ooh, what was that? And you don't necessarily always hear everybody else's parts until you listen to it back, too. So that's, a that's good. That's right, good yeah. Point. All right, so number eight. Respect your bandmates.
2: Um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T.
1: Raise your hand. Who has played in a band with somebody they don't like? Everybody raise your hand. I um, got both mine raised. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It's It's currently happening to me now. Uh, and not necessarily because I I don't like the person I just don't like the job that they're doing, and it's it's it, it really is not um it's it happens all the time it's happened so many times in my career I could I can't even count. Well, but,
2: respect your bandmates can be at so many levels, right? I mean, it can be as simple as you know being respectful, like being on time or telling someone they're playing too loud respectfully, or you know I remember one time we had a guy in band and. You know, at the the guitar player was was gung ho. He says, I you know, the singer wasn't pulling his weight, and said, you know, we got to talk to him. you got to get lessons. We're all taking lessons. You know, we're young and we're all getting better. He said, no, I got to talk to him, man. I got this whole speech planned out, and I want to be the one. I said, all right, but listen, if it starts going sideways, I have this whistle behind my drum kit. I said, I'm gonna blow the whistle, and that's it. You're done. You know, whatever whatever's going on.
1: <laughs> I wish so I had of a of course, weekend. you
2: know, guy rolls into the band. Well, because think about, it. I always had like percussion stuff, you know. Whistles, bells, shakers. Had a like a little table set up, you know, off to the side. But anyway, guy rolls in and he's, you know, Saturday morning band practice. We we used to play at nine o'clock on Saturday morning after gig and Friday night like oh, idiots, right? God. So walk in, someone would always bring the beer. He comes in, he's all happy, he's got beers in hand. He's like, hey, what's up, dudes? Man, like great gig last night. He's like, dude, I got to talk to you about something. So the guy greets him at the door, you know. So he's like, all right, man, what's up? You know, he goes, uh, dude. Lately, me and the guy think you've been sucking. You know, And then you hear from me, you hear a whistle going off. All right, dude, that's it.
1: <laughs>
2: it's over. That's Conversations funny, ended Right away, the guy's all offended, you know, F you. Everyone's like, ready right to have a fist fight. Hey, listen, what the, what he's really trying to say is, you know, you're a really good singer with the potential to be a great singer. I think you should start taking some lessons, you know, because we're all evolving and that would be the right thing to do. Right. Of course, it didn't go that way, you know, initially, but respect respect the guys in your band you know if they're not pulling their weight listen some guys are just not a fit period you know you have yeah. a talk you you go through the motions with them and you try to get them up to speed and it just doesn't work you know and you part ways and you move on then you find guys that it clicks with and like you said you just respect your bandmates from you know not over from like so many different uh perspectives right from not over overplaying to being constructive criticism you know there's so many levels of respect that you could show them
1: yeah and the point i made when i wrote the article was especially on stage and you have a tendency if you're especially if you're playing a long gig and something isn't going right to kind of fire at the the person who didn't play the right part or missed a part or whatever and and do it right there on stage give them a dirty look or say something and you know it's it's easy to do that it's maybe it's harder to keep your mouth shut um (laughs) (laughs) but that's the best way to go because you don't want to do it on stage because then all of a sudden now, now you're pissed off and now the other person's pissed off and now that's, people are going to see that and it's going to affect your performance. It's going to affect the overall performance of the band. So, you know, over overall, I mean, you want to respect your bandmates, but definitely, especially on stage when you're on stage performing, you know, the people, you know, people will film this stuff. And if you shoot, you throw some shade at, at somebody else in the band, it's it's going to be visible. You know, you're going to see it.
2: I uh, remember playing a gig one time, and the bass player was having all kinds of struggles, and he was, you know, he, was, he was drank a little too much, and he's not, you know, playing up to his level, and he was making a lot of mistakes, and everyone in the band was like, "Dude, come on, get it together," you know, and starting to like yell at him and get aggressive, and all of a sudden, man, dude just snapped, unplugged his bass, turned the <laughs> amp off, it was house <laughs> gear, packed up his shit, and he was like, "I'm out," and just walked out in the middle of the gig.
1: That's funny. I can't tell you how many times I've felt like doing that. <laughs>
2: yeah, he did it. And then we were like on the mic, like, uh, hey, has anybody know how to play bass? Wanna come <laughs> up and uh sit in a little bit?
1: See, that's great, man. If it, I mean, it's not. It's not great. Don't do that, kids. Kids, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. kids, do not do that. Do, do, do not, not just do walk that. off do not walk off in the middle of a gig. But if I was <laughs> if I was in the crowd and somebody was like, Hey, anybody know how to play bass? I'd be like, Yeah, I do.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, there was no stellar musicians in the band that yeah. night. Guy got up, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I know how to play bass." And he got up and he's like, um, what, what, do, how do, "What do I do? What do I do?" Right? The like, I take the bass off, to go back in the crowd. Thanks.
1: Yeah, and does does anybody know how to play bass and have their bass with them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and have have an amp with them and a cable. <laughs> and if you know how to sing, that'd be great too, because we need some backup vocals because we just lost our our best backup vocals. Ah, that's funny. Um, Respect. Respect. All right, so number nine, take requests. Uh, This is going a little bit uh, in a different direction than what we've been talking about, but um, the original reason I wrote this was because, and I'm sure this happens with everybody at every gig, but in New Orleans especially, people are just so um, conditioned to come up to the stage and say, say, do you know the song? Do you know this band? Blah, blah, blah. And... I have found that the best way to uh, to deal with that situation is to be appreciative, be polite, and take their request. Take it. That doesn't mean you need to play it. Just take it. And there's a lot of things that you can say, and, and I employ these all the time. I need to ask the other guys if they know it. Um, we'll, we can do it in the next set. Um, you know, uh, We could do something else by that band. Um, and, I mean, there's so many things that you can do, but
2: we're just and, flat out man. No, that's, a, that's a great. That's a great song
1: That's a great song. Unfortunately we don't oh. know. it. Yeah, I've done that so many times. I love that song, man I wish we could do it, but we, we don't know it um, you know, I, I've said that a million times, uh, but um, it, It's a big part of the uh, our deal in New Orleans because we we uh, rely a lot on tips so if people um make a request, they'll throw some money in the tip jar, and then you know we'll play it and you know more than not, we know the song people usually usually request songs that are popular that we know, and we we know a lot of songs um but yeah it's really more about the attitude of how you approach requests, and it doesn't matter who you are in the band, what instrument you play, anything if you're in the band, somebody's going to come up to you and say. Can you play this song? Even even if you don't just get to decide.
2: No doubt. Yeah. And then you're always going to get that person that comes up and says, Hey, my cousin John, he's a great bass player. Can you get up and play a song?
1: And you say, yeah. <laughs> or I say, yeah. If it's a bass player, I don't care if he's good or not. I'm going to say yes and let him get up and play bass. And the, the rest of the band can deal with it. <laughs>
2: Dude, I remember I was like 16, played this biker party, and uh, I got, a you know, the older guys in the band drove, I brought my drums and everything, and they were brand new. And, you know, halfway through the gig, a bunch of drunken bikers come up to the guy and say, hey, drummer, my brother over here plays in the band too, he wants to play on your drums next set, a couple songs, you know? I said, I don't know, dude, you know, it's, it's my father's drum set, and uh, I'm borrowing it, and it probably wouldn't be a good idea. Oh, yeah, man, what do you think he's not good enough? Did you're not good enough to play on your drums, huh? I said, I'll tell you what. Let me take your motorcycle for a ride around the block. Is that okay? He can play my drums. He's got a bike, right? Got a Harley. Let me take it for a spin. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean, man. Yeah, you're all right, drummer. All right, man. Yeah, cool. Right. Because they don't want anyone riding their bike, right? They don't even know you. So it's very similar, you know? Right. But, yeah. uh... Very good analogy. Yeah. yeah. It's just you know you got to figure out a way like you said if you can do the request great you know sometimes you've already played the song too right maybe you played it first set now it's second set they're asking you for the same song again
1: yeah yeah and the advantage we have in new orleans is that we the the crowd rotates through the night so yeah we we, we, we end up playing some songs two or three times a night the same song um but uh and, yeah and i've had that happen i actually had happen we had this happen at crazy corner um it was uh, several months ago, but there was a guy there, and this was, this was a fantastic night. We played Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is going to groan when I said that. Um,
2: I don't know if I know that tune.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about this guy who was really uh, good friends with another guy, but more than that, he really wanted to screw his, the, his friend's girlfriend and um, he was kind of a jerk. And I don't know why this song is so popular, because it's really uh, about somebody who's a bad friend. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. The
2: bad friend, because he wants to bang his friend's girlfriend.
1: Right. I wish like, I gold. had Jesse, my friend's girl. Girl. I wish I had her, my friend's girl. That's what that song is about. And girls love that song. I don't get it. But um we played it and then we had this guy come up to the stage and said, Play Jesse's girl and we, we were like, We just played it and he goes and he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a hundred dollar bill. He said, play Jesse's girl. We said, Okay. And we, <laughs> we played Jesse's Girl again. We just played it. We played it again. And then after we played it, the guy came back up on sta back to the stage and said, play whatever song it was he requested, and pulled out another $100 bill. And we played that song. This went on for uh, 45 minutes, an hour, where he just kept, we, he ended up giving us like eight or $900 to play whatever song he wanted to. And that, my friend, was a really good night for tips. Because um, we, we were just like whatever this guy wants, it, it didn't matter anybody else in the room. We were like whatever this guy wants, we're doing it. And he was picking songs that were good songs, that were songs that people would want to hear anyway. So we were like, all right, keep it yeah, coming. It was like he's
2: asking you to play Jesse's Girl eight times.
1: No, but if he did, we would.
2: <laughs> sure, love we that tune.
1: We would have. Why not? Because again, it's the rotating crowd in New Orleans. People come and go. You know there's no admission price to get in the clubs and people can walk in and out with their drinks so you know the crowd changes all the time yeah
2: and again you know these all tie together right because they're there to see you and they're excited about it and they're asking for a favor maybe or a request to play a song you know and they're sticking around and they're spending money and you know it's all it's all relative
1: right all right so let's move on number 10 this is this is a biggie play for the song this is a big sticking point. Play for, for
2: the song.
1: Play for the song. It's a big sticking point for me, especially as a bass player. Um, and I know a lot of bass players, um, especially here, but I know a lot of bass players in general that are really good. They got really great chops. Uh, you know, they could they could you know blow me out of water with their chops, but they're not playing the song. They're 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 trying. They're m- masturbating on their own instrument. They're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, they're not playing the song. Play the damn song. So many bass players are afraid to play a whole note. Just play a note and let it ring for four beats.
2: Uh, some of the most entertaining times I think was when we were auditioning bass players R- around the time like when you were filling in and, and we had this guy come down and we were playing hard to handle right so he's you know he said here's the five tunes you guys are gonna learn come in we're gonna play you know play through them see what happens so hard to handle the guy rolls up hey my name's Joe what's up he's all pumped up pulls his bass out he's got it on he's ready to go. And we start, you know, do 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 He's like,
1: <laughs>
2: and he was just overplaying. Like we couldn't even get through the song halfway through the song. And I was like, all right, man, like appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. You haven't even begun to see what I can do. Oh, we've seen quite enough. Thanks. You know, just no concept. A great player, but just no concept.
1: Right. And that's that's one of the reasons that I think I've done well, and that's you know why I made this list of the things the reasons that I think I've done well and well in my career is because I know how to play for the song. I know i i I have chops, you know, and i but I just know where to put them. I know where to put them that makes sense that that enhance the song and um you know and but I also know when to shut up on my instrument and just let the other instruments shine and just just make sure that I am contributing to the whole and not just being about my playing.
2: Yeah, and then if there is an opportunity to stretch, you know, for a moment, it's much more impactful than right. shredding the whole time, you know, because you've won't. been playing the song the way it's meant to be played. Maybe right. you can put a little nuance into it, you know. But, you know, I got a friend of mine who plays on Broadway, and he's the same thing, you know. Here's the exact part we want you to play. Don't color it. Don't put your own parts in it. You know, it's as exactly as it should be.
1: Yeah. When you get to that professional level where where, when you're on Broadway or you're, you know, working on TV show, uh, excuse me, or, or just any like really at that professional level, that's what's expected of you. Play the song. You're you're not going to impress anybody with your chops. All these people have been there done that can do it playing the song it's all about the music that's what really matters yeah so if you learn to do that early and you learn to do that even if you're just playing the corner pub you're going to go far because people are going to respect that of you and and that's what i have found with me like nobody's out there saying dude this this guy's the next billy sheehan i'm not but Everybody would work with me because I play for the song. I know how yeah. to. I you know deliver. How, I know, you know how you to add follow. value. Yeah, I know how to honor the song, and that that works on any instrument in any situation.
2: And I've that heard. comes with wisdom, and you know, if you can impart that wisdom to younger players, because you know, when you're young, you wanna you wanna show off and show people what you're learning, you know. Right. Right. Uh, and, you know, to help other people guide. You know, I, listen, we play with plenty of people who aren't kids that are overplaying too. You know, and you got to coach them sometimes, you know.
1: Yeah, and it comes cool. with a, a lot of experience and confidence too, I think, helps you to, to gain that knowledge. But if you learn it early, then, Yeah, uh, no doubt. you'll know how to uh, implement that. Um, number 11, pay attention. Um, and I'm trying to get back to the reason I wrote this as a point. Um and I you know, I, I wrote that there's there's uh, darkness and chaotic nature of a club or bar lends itself well to removing yourself from the madness and just digging into your own jamming. Um but sometimes you need to you just I mean you need to be aware of your surroundings, what's going on with people, with uh staff, with stuff and and, and this isn't uh, that's not a major point, but it's... What What are your feelings on this point? I want to know.
2: Well, you know, pay attention to what the other guys in your band are playing. You know, like I said, it's like virtual reality when you're playing with the band. You know, you're not thinking about anything else except for that moment, very moment in time, whatever beat you're on in that moment of the song. You know, so if you're present to that and paying attention to what you're actually playing and your volume and your dynamics and the way you're interacting with the guys on stage and everyone's, you know paying attention to what's going on in their own perspective, you know, from their instrument and and how they're fitting into the whole thing, as well as how it's being presented to the audience, you know? So be cognizant of those things, you know, and like playing the, the song with your bandmates, but knowing where it fits and giving other people space and you know, maybe like you said, and you know, from a drummer's perspective, not playing a fill in this spot because you know that the guitar lead starts on that note. You're just going to give them a nice crash to bring them in and not step on them. Things like that make a big difference.
1: Yes, I agree, big difference. And the, one of the points I made in in the article was about things that sometimes things go wrong on stage. Sometimes a guitarist will break a string. Sometimes you know the keyboard just cuts out, or you know, or a singer just forgot the words, and you know, you need to kind of be on, on top of that and jump in and fill it in if you can you know if you know the words of the song jump on the mic if if you can cover the keyboard part on your guitar do that or you know whatever the keyboard can cover the guitar part uh but it, it happens all the time i'm sure it happens to everybody something goes wrong something is wrong on stage all the time we could talk an entire show yeah, about but,
2: that like to wrap that pay attention to also like you said earlier that you're on stage you know that people are watching you You know, like you said, don't have your head down and look like you're disinterested. You know, you get in your own space and you're not really paying attention. You know, interact with the crowd. Look around. Look like you're having fun. Be excited. You know, have a smile on your face. You're having a good time.
1: Yeah. And there's people I know that are really, really good players and are just like that where they're just completely not interested in anything else that's going on in the club. They don't care about the people that are there. They're just into their own thing. And they do fairly well. But that's always a a point of consideration when hiring people like that you know that i'm not going to name any names but there's people here in new orleans where it's like oh that that person's great at the instrument but oh he looks so bored on stage he looks so bored and that really makes a difference in the whole presentation
2: yeah and then you can also sense when you know Someone thinks they're better than they are and they're being real flashy, you know, from, even from a drummer's perspective, you know, just twirling sticks and looking like I'm too cool and I'm just disinterested, you know, but really not, you know, not, not killing it. Right.
1: Right. Twirling sticks is cool. I, You know, my thing about drummers, my pet peeve about drummers is if they're twirling sticks and trying to be very visual, um, they, they gotta keep the groove. They can't
2: disrupt the groove.
1: That's it can't disrupt i don't care what you're doing it, if you're you know keeping that beat and keeping that tempo solid then i'm fine with that but if you start slowing down because you're twirling your sticks and i've played with people like that too then you got to stop doing it or you got to learn how to play you know keep the beat so you need to practice with a, a click track or a metronome and twirl your sticks and see if you can you know keep up with that because it does affect absolutely the whole, affects the whole song affects the whole thing Um, so yeah. Um, should we go to 12?
2: Number 12, break down quickly. Now that's something I know a lot about. Yes, you do. It's always very interesting how, you know, the drummer arrives first, sets every, all his gear up, right? Mics, whatever you got to do. Everyone else rolls in after him, sets up their stuff. End of the night comes, rest of your band can Hit the last note. D-d-d-bow. Guys, thanks for coming, man. Great audience. Have a great night. Those guys are off the stage. Your band leaves the stage, they start mingling, having a drink, talking. Drummer starts breaking down immediately, cymbals coming off, and if you're you know, if you're breaking down your whole kit, you know, it's a mission. By the time you're twenty minutes into it, you know, even with a, a five piece kit if it's mic'd up and you have a board and you gotta take all the wires down, you know, keyboard player walks up, unplugs out of the amp, unplugs a couple of other things, wraps up his cord. Breaks out his bag, puts two keyboards away, folds up the stand, puts it in, you know, under 10 minutes, gone. Drummer, hour, you know, to to break down and get out. And like you said, break down quickly because the bartenders do not want to sit there while your band bullshits around and has conversations. And it's like, guys, you know, 20 minutes, we're closing the doors, and you haven't even started to break down yet. Now you're there an hour. Those guys are not happy, man. The registers are counted, you know, all the Chairs are turned upside down, waiting for you to go so they can lock the door. You know, that's, that, that's one thing you do not want to be getting in the habit of doing.
1: Yeah, somebody's mopping the floor and they're just all standing there, like, twirling their keys, waiting for you to leave. Yeah. That's that's definitely something that I've seen happen. And it's also it's so frustrating to be, if you're playing in a situation where there's a number of bands playing on the same stage during the same gig, and, and there's another band waiting in the wings to get on stage waiting for you to get your shit off the of stage, um, you, that's an instance where you really want to get, just immediately, just get your stuff off of the stage, out of the way, and then do whatever else you have to do to pack up on the side of the stage or backstage or whatever. Just get it off stage and, and make the space for other people. Um, you know, th- that drives me crazy. If I'm waiting for somebody and I really want to get my stuff set up and, and do whatever I got to do. Um, so I'm in... The, habit, and I've been in this habit for a long, long, long time, and that's why I put this in this article of, of making sure that that's the first thing I do. I hit that last note, and I just, you know, I'm wrapping up my cable, I'm putting my bass in my case, I'm anything else that I need to wrap up, it's, it's, it's getting done, and it's getting off stage, and getting out of the way of everybody. Um, and it makes me feel better, because it's like, alright, I got the work done, now I can go
2: Now you life. quickly run back to help the drummer break down, because he's he just got his Pedal off the kick and a couple of cymbals down and you're ready to go have a beer.
1: Listen, that's not my problem. You chose to be a drummer. I'm not helping you at all.
2: And that's yeah. why you guys out there always remember if you're a drummer in a band, you should get paid more money. Because <laughs> you gotta bring more stuff. You gotta put more time. Just right. observation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I think i just going. <laughs> just little stuff. <step>.
2: Drum solo, <laughs> see? Drummers never rest. That's why you should get paid more money too. You got to constantly play. Very physical.
1: <laughs> I got the sound effect thing on my phone. It's pretty cool. That um, yeah, is and, cool. And it's uh, you press the button and it and it does the sound. But I don't know why it just kept going over and over again. Exactly. All right. See, I don't want to. It. Oh, it's got I see. It's on repeat. I can't Excellent. I knew there would be Snoopy harmonica. As much as we practiced, went through all the technical stuff. I knew there was going to be some sort of technical glitch. There had to be. That makes it fun, right? Absolutely. Um, So, point number thirteen. We're almost at the end. Clean up after yourself, and that goes along with the same stuff that we were just talking about breaking down. And um, I do this all the time. in New Orleans, man people are sloppy. they leave you know wrappers of uh, chip wrappers, bottles, caps anyways. set lists
2: taped to the wall set
1: lists on the stage there's always stuff on stage, and we'll we 'll make a mess when we 're up there because we 're up there you know the crazy corner we're up there for you know five sets, six sets in the night, and we're you know having some drinks, and we, we got this stuff all over the stage, so I'll not. Not only do I clean up after myself, I clean up after other people that are on my side of the stage, and I clean clean up after people in the crowd because people in the crowd will put their drinks on the stage and then leave the empty bottles there or yep. just do empty stuff there. It happens all the time, so I'm just I'm constantly cleaning up. Not only at the end of the gig, but during the gig. Um, if I'm not playing, I'll I'll go and pick up bottles and throw them in the trash. Um, but it really is a good thing to do to get respect um, from the people that you're working for, because um, somebody has to clean it up. Somebody will eventually clean up the mess. So if it's not you, it's going to end up being so, or not somebody in your band. It's going to end up being somebody that works there, and they're they're not going to be happy about it. They're going to, you know, even yep. if it's somebody making minimum wage. Um, They're just gonna be like, Ugh, you know. I hey, listen. Go.
2: Most of the people in the bar are not clean up after themselves. That's why they got to go around and pick up all the cups that are sitting on the ledges and on the tables and on the counters and on the bar. So right. when you do clean up after yourself, you know, being in the band, they they notice that, you know, and they appreciate
1: it. I think so. You know, and even if it's on like the, at the bar, if you're at the bar and you see a cup that's empty and the bartender's really busy, you know, you just take the cup, throw it in the garbage. That the bartender's gonna appreciate that. I've done that and I've seen them notice you know and they may not say anything they may just give me a little smile and that's it but if they noticed you know then i that makes me feel good because I, i'm i'm contributing to the whole and it's really a team effort when you're working in, in a club any venue wherever anybody that's working there you all kind of want to work as a team and not think of like all right i'm in the band so i'm better than everybody else because i i can shred man like steve I. Well, nobody really cares. Somebody that's working behind the bar does not give a shit how good you are. They care how nice you are or how professional you are.
2: Yeah, and respect knows no bounds, you know, ego or not.
1: Right. So it's a good practice to just get – it's a good habit to get into to to just pick up your stuff around your immediate area that's, that needs to be cleaned up or taken off the stage. Um, and, and again, especially in a night when it's busy, when there's a lot of bands playing, when there's a band that's coming on right after you, they don't want to, to have to move your, empty beer bottles valves or anything, you know, get that stuff off the stage and throw it away, you know, do, be, you know, be polite and responsible or something. Clean up, be tidy. Clean up, be tidy. Um, so we'll get to our last point, which is...
2: Thank everyone thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you hey yeah, thanks, thanks for coming
1: yeah, you know it i I think that's just a great general rule in life, right you oh man, you know you people appreciate
2: that and they they've, you know again they 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 feel you know appreciate and and they feel valued and, and no matter who it is you know thank the guys are playing in the band with you You know you thank the bartenders you thank the crowd you know you thank everyone that's contributed to the effort you know because we're all in it together
1: yeah and there's nobody that's ever gonna get mad at you for saying for you saying thank you to them people are always gonna like that yeah uh, it goes a long
2: way no no doubt you know, and shaking hands, like you said, even if you play, you know, you thank the manager or you thank the bouncer. Hey, thanks for having us. You know, hope you can have us back. You know, you, you, like I said, you try to make relationships there because that's what it's all about. You know, that, that, to be in a band, you know, especially if you're a professional musician, you know, the the guys in the the band that you're playing with want to have someone cool to hang out with. They want to have someone that they, you know, is respectful. They want to have someone thankful for the opportunity uh, you, you know, doesn't matter how great a player you are, you know, we've all met guys who are, you know, myself included, I've met, you know, some of my idols, and it's a big disappointment when you meet them, and, and they got a big ego, and you can just tell that they're not really thankful for what they have, and it's more of like a, an expectation or an entitlement, you know, and you meet other people, I've you know, who are monster players, who are world-renowned, famous people, and are just regular guys, and are very cool, and, you know, I mean, they, it's all about being thankful and and thanking people and, you know, appreciating the fact that you get to play music, you know, especially if you do it for a living, right? I mean, well, what a great opportunity. First of all, not everyone can play an instrument, so it's a blessing and a gift just to have the talent to be able to do it and then to be able to actually earn money by doing something that you love and something that you're good at and you're honing your craft and you're paying homage to the talent that you've been given. I mean, it's all, you know, it's, it's, what's not to be thankful for let everyone know you know
1: yeah yeah get into that space of gratitude man it just it invites more good things into your life you get into the the feeling of gratitude and the actions of gratitude it will bring about things so many things have happened in my career 34 years of playing and have come about just because i was grateful for what i had and what i was able to experience and the people that i was able to work with and that it, it just it feeds on itself And I have been able to get to the point in my life where I can make a living playing music. I play five nights a week, and I play with really good musicians. I play in in this exciting, amazing town of New Orleans, and it's always different. It's always fun. um, I'm always learning, and I'm always grateful for it. And, you know, I define that just even pointing out the little things to be grateful for, and being specific with them, too, really helps, you know, and especially with other people, like we say, we're talking about thanking people, you know, thank the doorman, thank that bouncer for kicking out that drunk guy who was disrupting the band, you know, be specific with it, you know, uh, thank uh, thank the bartenders for staying on top of, you know, everything that they had to do. And um, it, it goes a long way when you really get dig into that feeling of gratitude and uh, and putting it into action. It makes such a difference in, in, your life as a, in your life as a musician, but just in your life in general.
2: Well, thank you for that, Steve. Appreciate
1: that. <laughs> You're welcome, Tony. <laughs> I, and guys, I, thanks to everybody for
2: listening. This has been great.
1: Yeah. Um, so going forward, um, we're going to be doing this once a week. That is the plan. We're going to have a show every week. And then eventually we're going to be starting to do interviews with people that are in the industry that you can learn something from. And uh, there's a few people I already have in mind, and some of them have actually attained some very good success. So they're going to have some really good tips for musicians in general. Um, But I'm hoping to find more people that are interested in this. So if you are, please drop me a line if you're interested in being part of this show or uh, being interviewed or anything that you want to contribute. Be fantastic. Uh, We're going to do this once a week, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So far it's it, it seems pretty good. This was pretty good, right, Tony?
2: It's very cool. Had a great time tonight. Thanks.
1: We went uh, an hour and 15 minutes. Wow. What yeah. to talk about? A lot to talk about. So next time we will have a topic of discussion and uh and uh it'll be something different, but uh again we want to try to keep it informative and educational but fun and light and silly and stupid too. So uh it's going to be all those things, all <laughs> the entertainment, right? So you got that's it. That's why our theme song is a little bit goofy, Uh, but the theme song, by the way, give credit where credit's due, was written by Jared Fink, who is a singer-songwriter from Spokane, Washington, one of my very good friends. I've been on tour with him um, several times. Yeah, uh, Jared does uh, definitely deserve a hand for writing. It's such a cool, silly, quirky theme song. I'm very happy with that, Um, so... We will go out, but you could stay on the line, uh, but we're going to close the show. You could stay on the line. We'll talk a little bit after this, but we'll close out the show. Uh,
2: yeah, thanks the, for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: a the uh, yes. We will see you next week. Facebook.com slash Coverband Central. Check us out if you're not on the page. Like it, share it, love it. Thanks, guys.